the old guy to teach on Heritage Sunday, and it is good to be here, and I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to my home church here this morning, amen, 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 Brother, R, Brother Carbo talking about being here 17 months, I've been here not quite a year, I'm still in a honeymoon here, <laughs> amen, amen, it's Man, it is good around here. And if you haven't heard, last Thursday night we had an awesome revived service. You know, we went through, we went through uh, a, a rough patch there. We, we had some folks that went away to a gated community that we didn't think were going. And we had uh, a couple of deaths in the community. And it's... Uh, it kind of it shocked us. But hey, man, we were on our face before God. Not just me. We had members of Revive and our leadership team. We touched the throne of grace. And we baptized two people here Thursday night. I think you know, listen, this church is my heart, and Revive is in my heart in this church. And we are, we are indeed part and parcel of the river. Amen, amen. Uh, I've had people ask me, and I'm going to get through with Revive here. I just, I'll just share a little something with you. I've had people ask me, Brother Stewart, how did you get into that type of ministry? How did you know? You know, when I first started, I was such a novice. I, I'm not bragging, and this don't make me a better person, but I've never been drunk. I've never known what it was to be high. I just didn't know. Now, here I'm dealing with a room full of these people. Thank God for Brother Blake and Sister Angie and Brother David and his wife that used to come here. But I want to tell you something. I'm going to share a scripture with you real fast. Revive, or my recovery ministry was born out of one single short verse. Luke 11 and 6. About five years ago, I had gotten real dry in my soul. After 50 years, Brother Carbo, I knew how to do it. Get up on Sunday morning, pray while you brush your teeth, get ready and go to church. We went to church on Sunday nights back then, repeat on Sunday evening, do it again on Wednesday night, and repeat the following Sunday. And that was 
my religion. I stumbled over this verse. I probably had read that verse a thousand times. A friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. We need bread. My lesson this morning is the heritage, and it's going to be about the threshing floor. And out of the threshing floor comes bread. We need bread. I prayed earnestly to God. I need some bread. Bring me to somebody who I can share some bread with. About two weeks of that prayer, and I came face to face with Blake Ziegler. And the rest is history. Amen. 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 I'm going to talk a little while here this morning. Hey, I, hey, I appreciate you singers going back those old songs. Man. Woo! You know, I have been... I appreciate this pulpit. You know, I love this pulpit. You know why I love this pulpit? This pulpit is... A pulpit to me is a pacifier. You know, I feel like I'm almost hid behind it sometimes. When they first went to these things that see through, I just, man, man, I was, I like this pulpit. <laughs> I was here for a service uh, this week and I moved the little pulpit or whatever that thing is we have. <laughs> and it, it cracked. I thought I cracked it. Oh, dear Lord, I have ruined this thing. And somebody said, oh, no, that was done already. <laughs> but anyway, thank, I thank God for the old things in our life. Amen. You know, one of the prophets said, seek ye the old ways and live ye therein. Amen. And I tell you, as young people coming up behind us, I don't feel 68. I do wait. My mind don't feel 68. My body feels 68. <laughs> I went through a little hindrance here a couple months ago, and, and some of you know it. And, man, I got sick, and I didn't know what was going on. And they finally, we touched God, and, and God shook around, and, and they made a diagnosis, and, and I'm over it. Thank God. Thank God. I thought I needed to get it really prepared because I thought maybe this is the end all here. But, uh, hey, God's been good to us. I love this church. A lot of good people here, good friends. I've known all my life. Oh, it seems like I've known all my life. Sister Linda and Sister Betty and um, Craig and I, we worked together when we was in high school at Lobel's Egg Farm down in uh, Springfield. Worked in the plant. Man, you talk about a job. You talk, we made 90 cents an hour. And the, the first year, we got to raise five cents. I was making 95 cents an hour, man. A lot of good people have known Brother Josh and Sister Tiffany. Not as well as I know some of them. I watched them grow up. And uh, old brother C.A. Spikes, I came up here on numerous occasions and vis visited here. A man that exuded 
the love of God. Amen. 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 A man that you could feel the presence of God when you were in his presence, when he walked into this pulpit, you could feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. Appreciate it. The Barksdales, I'm going to tell it again, Ricky Shane. I taught your daddy in Sunday school. <laughs> he reminded me, Brother Stewart, you've told me that a hundred times. So, But I taught all them Barksdale boys in Sunday school. Man, I learned one thing teaching that age group many years ago is never think that you're on the same page with them while you're teaching. <laughs> because you may think you got them, but... You'll learn that you don't. Amen, amen. God's been good to us. Those old songs stir my heart. You know, I've been accused in, the, in times past that I didn't like music. Well, I, it's not that I don't like music. I just want music to say something to me spiritually when you're singing. If I want to be entertained, I'll put Buck Owens on singing I got a tiger by the tail. Now, I know you young people don't know what in the world that song is. But uh, if I want to be entertained, I can get it. But uh, don't, you know, my I guess my father-in-law was my pastor for so many years. And old brother Courtney, and uh, many of you remember him and know him, knew him. Uh, he, I guess he gave me my culture and music. Because by George, whenever he you sung, you better be worshiping. <laughs> because he wasn't much in for, to, for, listen, you guys in our music department do a fantastic job. I'm going to go, but I want one There's an old gal came to church one time when we was on the backside of Albany. And she, her husband had left her. And it was a sad occurrence. And she was a singer, and she got up and wrote a song that she had written. And that night, when I got home, we went by Paw-in-Law's to eat a little snack before we went on to the house. And Father-in-Law, you know, he was coarse. And he said, uh, I think she might have wrote that song to her husband. Hey, our heritage, we have, we have a heritage. This heritage has passed down to us through the years, and it didn't come to us cheaply. The price of the threshing floor. The price of the threshing floor. I'm going to introduce a character to you here that you only meet one time in the scripture. He's mentioned twice, but he's in the 24th chapter of Samuel, the closing 24th chapter of Samuel, and he's mentioned again over in, uh, I think it's 1 Chronicles 21. Don't get, he's over there. But it's the same incident. If you understand uh, the books of Samuel's Kings and Chronicles, Samuel, the two Samuels of the two kings are history books, and then the chronicles are just that. A paid chronicler wrote that. Everything they heard down, they followed the king around, and whatever they heard, they wrote it. So that's the chronicles. And 
He's called Ornan in the Chronicles, but he's called Aronah in the second chapter of second, I mean, 24th chapter of Second Samuel. Because the paid chronicler probably just wrote what he heard, Aronah, and he thought they said Ornah. So that's, that's why he's named differently in those two chapters. But Ornah owned a threshing floor in Moriah. My text comes from 2 Samuel 24, 18 and 19. And God came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aronah the Jebusite. And David, according to the saying of Gad, went as the Lord commanded. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. We're so thankful for you. We ask that you would move this morning. Bless us with wisdom and understanding in your word. Open our hearts to truth this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Father-in-law wouldn't allow as much as a water fountain in our church, so thank you for letting me drink a sip of water. <laughs> Look, 1960, June 1967, I came home from youth camp full of the Holy Ghost. And Paul-in-law stood in the front of the church and he said, Look, you're home from youth camp. You're going to need something else to keep you. And I'd like to pray for all you that receive the Holy Ghost at youth camp. And I went up to the front and that old man put his hands on my head. And I can still feel what I felt. I don't take anything from him. He was a little coarser than you have today, but the old man, he was in the truth. Amen, amen. I was closing up here the other night after uh, service, and Sister Brandy was still here, and she said, Brother Stewart, what are, where are you teaching from Sunday morning? I said, I'm coming out of the, the 24th chapter of uh, 2 Samuel. She said, oh, yeah, I know you like those sounds. I said, yeah. Uh, the Samuels are my acts of the Old Testament. Really didn't know what I was saying there, Brother Carbo, but it is. I've read, the, I've read the books of Samuel. Man, I got to go. <laughs> I've read the books of Samuel. Uh, just I've read them a lot. And... Uh, I said, yeah, that's my acts of the Old Testament. And this morning, 2.30 in the morning, the good Lord punched me and said, you might need to think about that. You know, I hate it when God does that. Because I, I spent a long time preparing these notes yesterday. And uh, sister, don't worry if you don't have the scripture I'm fixing to use because you don't have them. And the interpreter, do your best. Let me read that, that second scripture again. No, the first one. And Gad came that day to David and said unto him, Go up, rear an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Aronah, the Jebusite. The threshing floor of Aronah was in Moriah. And I got to thinking about that. 
over in the 22nd chapter of Genesis where the Lord told uh, Abraham, I want you to go to Moriah. And there I want you to offer this son that you love. This only son that you love. I want you to give him to me uh, as an offering in Moriah. So Abraham journeys to Moriah. And he builds an altar. And he prepares it for the sacrifice. And in this journey, the son Isaac has asked his father, Dad, we got wood and everything we need to build an altar, but we don't have a sacrifice. And Abraham said to his son, The Lord will provide himself a lamb to the offering. Sister, give me a picture of that threshing floor. That's an artist's rendition of the threshing floor of Aronah. It is here that Abraham came many years before this threshing floor was there. And he built an altar. And he offered, was going to offer up his son. And God, you know the story, God stayed his hand. And, and they found the ram that was hung in the, in the, in the thickets. And, and God provided a lamb to the offering. Now we come down through the ages with the heritage of this altar. And David has found himself in straits with God. And he says, he hears from the prophet. And the prophet said, the angel of the Lord has stood at the threshing floor of Aronah. And you need to go down to the threshing floor of Aronah. And there you need to make a, build an altar and make a sacrifice for the saving of your people. And he journeys there. And when he gets there, he meets with Aronah. I'll come back to that price. But I, I want to I tie this where I, where I want to go with it. He meets with Aronah. He, builds an, he buys it, builds an altar. God has fire fall on the altar and consume the sacrifice. Now, I never realized until I studied for this lesson that Aronah is a Gentile. The Jebusite, Aaron, Jebusites are Gentiles. They were Canaanites. They were there when, when Abraham got there. And he owns this. He has come up. He still survives here. He's learned to be peace with the Hebrews. And he has even adopted himself into the house of Israel. Because when the king comes down to see him, the, he says this to the king. Oh, my king, wherefore art thou come down to me? So David builds an altar. On the th he buys the threshing floor, and he builds an altar on Aaronah's threshing floor. Saves to the saving of his people. David's son 
becomes king shortly after. David's at the, very close to the end of his life at this, when this happens. And Solomon rears the temple at the threshing floor where the altar was at. And it's important to remember that the angel of the Lord stood at the threshing floor of Aaronah, the Gentile. Because if you go forward into Acts 10, the Gentile Cornelius went in to pray, and the angel of the Lord came in to him and said, you, need to, you know the story, you need to send for one Peter. He said, I know all that you're doing, and I see all that you're doing. But he said, you need to send for Peter. And they did. The apostle Peter journeyed to the house of Cornelius. And there, Peter built a spiritual altar in the house of the Gentile. Then the apostle Paul enters the equation. And he's talking to the Gentiles, and he said, I am the apostle called out of due season to the Gentiles. He said, he came first to Israel, and he said, my heart is still with Israel. But he said, Israel stumbled at the stumbling block, and that they followed after righteousness in the law not understanding that Christ was the end of the law. And then the Apostle Paul spent better than 30-odd years erecting a temple with the Gentiles. He traveled all over the known world, and he erected a temple for us, a spiritual temple that we enjoy the Holy Ghost in because he said, Now are ye sons of God. Now are ye sons of God, and you are adopted into the lineage of Abraham. And we also now have an altar at the threshing floor. Amen. 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 Listen, our heritage is such, we of the generation that I am, and we're old folks, And these, these younger folks don't always understand us. And dear God, I don't understand you either. <laughs> Look, I'm up here. I got my tablet with me. Now, my younger daughter-in-law, Daddy, you need, you, need, you know, for church, you need you a, a good tablet. So she bent my ear, and I got a tablet coming next week. <laughs> I don't say I'll do a bit better, a bit any better. It just, it's just, uh, it costs me. Just about a third of the first brand new car I bought. That's one of the areas I don't understand you folks. 
You know, they got y'all hooked on these phones, and they, they self-destructed about five years, so you go spend another $1,000 for one. My son and daughter-in-law walked in a couple of months ago and handed me a new phone. Boy, it's the state-of-the-art thing. I'm lost still yet. <laughs> they gave me a, a new number. I still got people saying, uh, man, we can't get a hold of you anymore. I'm trying to correct that as much as I can. But hey, listen, the price, I want you to hear what happens whenever, put up uh, 2 Samuel 24, 24 and 25, sis. One of the, both of them or one of them or however they gave it to you. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Do, hey, can we back up one, 24 and 24? And the king said unto Aaron, I don't have this in my notes, I'm going to read from here. And the king said unto Aaron, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which I have paid nothing. Mm. Mm. Let me tell you something here. When David came down and he told Aaron, I need this threshing floor. I want your threshing. I have to have your threshing floor. I have to make, and I have to build this altar for the saving of my people. And Aaron said, I'll just give you this threshing floor. I'll give you the oxen for, for the sacrifice. I'll give you the, the implements of the, of the threshing for wood. And you can just have the whole thing. But David said, no, I will pay you full for your threshing floor. I am not looking for a bargain for the saving of my people. Listen. Five years ago, I was on the bargain plan. Didn't have much of a burden. I had a form of godliness. It wasn't costing me much. Let me tell you something. In the ministry that I'm in and, and working in, and I'm sure you deal with this too, when you get that phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning, Somebody you've been working with and you've been trying and they've been trying and been trying hard. But they lost it somewhere. And they've called me and said, we hate to tell you, but so-and-so was found dead of an overdose. I was going to put a picture up here this morning, but I'm not. A little lady while I was in the hospital with COVID posted on Facebook, please, pl please pray for Brother Ralph, very sick with COVID. She posted it. I she was in upper room with us at the time. And April, almost a year later, she died of an overdose. It's a hard thing sometimes to deal with that, but you just have to go on. You just have to go on. David said, I am not going to take a cut-rate bargain for the altar 
that I'm going to build for the saving of my people. I'll pay you every dime that it's worth. When Jesus Christ went to Calvary, he gave it all. And when he came out of the wilderness to begin his ministry, the devil met him in the fourth chapter of Matthew and said, hey, I can cut you a deal for this. I can cut you a deal for this. I can, we can get by a whole lot. You, can, you won't have to suffer like you're going to suffer. You know what Hebrews 5 says? It said he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Let me tell you something. There are things in your salvation that are intended to hurt. And we live in a generation today, they don't want anything to hurt them. Don't offend me. Hey, I'm not judging anybody here. I'm just telling you, it cost him something. When he was in the garden and he prayed until his blood came as great, till his sweat came as great drops of blood. He came back to the disciples and said, I need you to pray for the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Amen. Amen. When he went to Herod's hall and suffered the indignities that he suffered there, the lashing, and all of the indignities that went with it. He suffered it because it was the price of the altar at the threshing floor. And he said, I will pay it for the saving of my people. The Apostle Paul reminded us, Know ye not that ye are not your own, but you have been bought with a price. I taught young people for 40 years, and at least once a month I reminded them, if you're under conviction, when you feel conviction, you be careful with that because conviction takes place at only one place, and it's where the blood was shed. And when you feel conviction, if you walk away from conviction, you literally Walk away from the price that was paid. The price of the threshing floor is a heritage that we need to honor. And thank you for the words, Brother Carbo. But I, I, hey, man, it's fan. Look, I just, you are more honorable here than I am. I just enjoy being here. But listen, the, the price of the threshing floor was not cheap. And I do not want a cheap solution to my salvation. I want to do that which I am called upon to do. We elders, we hold the knowledge and the truth of what people who came before us. You know, we sit here in this edifice and I, I thank God that you built it and put it here, and I get a chance to be in it. Sister, give me, the, give me the first picture of early Pentecostal churches. There it is. You talk about a heritage? A hundred years ago, that was a typical Pentecostal 
or an apostolic church house. Show me the one with the folks. Hey, these folks, many of them walked. I wish I knew where these were. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't have that information. But they would walk miles to sit in those brush arbors. I built a brush arbor one time when we cut broke ground at Albany for the new church. Uh, we went out in the Lizard Creek Swamp and cut a bunch of palmettas, and, and we, we, put up an, we put up a brush arbor. And, uh, but listen, there was a couple of demons that did not live in that brush arbor. Now, that's a high class one there. They're on their way up. They got a, they got a platform, and they got pews, and, uh, you know, but a hunt, that's a typical apostolic church a hundred years ago. And those lasted well into the 40s. But they had a, we have a couple of demons that live here in this church, and they're not in this, just this church. They live in all churches, in all denominations. One lives in the thermostat. <laughs> and the other one lives in the sound system. Hey, show me the guy preaching at an old brush arbor meeting. There you are, brother. Josh, there you are. I don't think he's OCD about much there. <laughs> That's our heritage, folks. I remember the little white building that sat right over here. I remember when that road out there was rock, mostly dirt. And anytime you traveled it, you had to get behind the grader and follow along till you had an opportunity to get around him because they graded it almost every day of the week. It was a different time. But talking about heritage, I lived right over here on Isle Road when I was a young'un. And my mom and daddy used to invite Crockett and Mavis Stafford. Anybody here know those folks? Remember them? Well, they could sing. They could sing. And I remember them sitting in the living room of that old house we lived we, a mile back off the road on, on our lane back there. Man, we was the closest thing to being in Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett territory that I've ever lived. It was, and we, we had, but we did have swag lamps in that old house. You dropped an electric line through the ceiling and you wired a, a light socket to it, you left it naked. Be careful up there when you fool around that thing. And so we were swag lamp savvy long before swag lamps came into being. <laughs> but you know what I remember? It's a time stamp that I'm getting through. It's a time stamp in my memory. They would sing for us because my mother loved for them to come and sing gospel music. And I, I remember them singing... I'm using my Bible for a roadmap. The children of Israel used it too. God was there to see them through. The 12 disciples are my road signs. Amen. The Ten Commandments tell me what to do. I'm using my Bible for a roadmap. That was, that was the beginning of Bible study, Randy. 
Because I thought, well, if the Bible is my roadmap, I might need to read some of it. You'd be surprised with what you do for your children, how it lands on them and how they take it. Amen. And I'm going to close with one brother. Y'all have Brother Shaffet here who sings for you. We moved back on our road in 65 when I was in the seventh grade school, and I rode the bus to school. And they had a gentleman that a couple years older than me. I think he was a couple years older than me. Bring a flat-top guitar on the bus. We'd sit in the back of the bus, Brother Carbo, and he would rap and sing old gospel songs. He would sing, kneel at the cross. Now, I'm worse than Brother Josh, and he's pretty bad. I, I would, he would sing, kneel at the cross. He would sing the old rugged cross. He would sing those old gospel songs, Sister Trudy. And there were some folks, now this guy was like me. He looked like somebody set his hair on fire and beat it out. And some folks would laugh at him and make fun of him. Well, Carbo, I sat back there and he sung something into my soul. A year after that, two years after that, I was led to an altar, and God baptized me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because I thought on those old songs that that boy sang to me on the back of a school bus. His son is now the music director of this church. Folks, none of this came to us cheaply. I don't take any of this for granted. Thank God we have air. Thank God we got a mic. We got Sister Trudy singing for us. I thank God for it all. But remember, we have a heritage. People bought and paid for this so that we could live in the good times. But let's remember where we came from. God bless you this morning. We're going down to the river, down to the river, down to the river.